One, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Time for another episode of The Horus with your host, Kevin. Joining me, as always, my handsome co-host, Walter. Walter, how you doing? I'm good, Kevin. Thank you. How you doing? Good. I know it's pretty rare that I have a bad clap. This episode was a bad clap for me, so I'm leaving it in. Just so we can get a little <laughs> clap fairness, you know? Yeah, that's, I don't, that's very big of you. I don't want people to think that I'd only leave in my good claps, you know? <laughs> I I just assume that you splice in good claps. Like, as soon as we sign off, you just, it's an hour in front of the microphone. <laughs> clap, 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 trying to get the perfect one. Yeah, you know, let he who has never had a weak clap um, edit the first pod, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it says that in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I remember that verse, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we are here to talk about another movie based on a holy book. It'd be an unholy book. Out, outrageously good say. Uh, that <laughs> uh, was fantastic. <laughs> we're talking about Evil Dead Rise this week. The, what, sixth movie? Fifth movie in the fifth Evil Dead franchise? Fifth, yeah. Um, recently came out. I think it's still in theaters everywhere. You might be able to catch it somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I had already seen this. Um, I know it's online places if you look. Not very hard. If you just type in Evil Dead Rise Torrent, mm -hmm. um, you'll find something. <laughs> Hypothetically, you know, if <laughs> one were to do that. I... Is it on streaming services already? I believe so, yeah. I mean, I, or, I mean, I think it's like Torrent, but yeah. So something that I will say was a positive to come out of COVID was I was the, just the, thinking that <laughs> yeah the gap time between in theaters and movie and like you can watch it at home in your underwear is like two months yeah I and, I love that period where like movies were coming out same day at, uh on streaming as in theaters that was that was a good time for new dad Walter let me mm -hmm. tell you yeah I imagine that was a good time for new dad Walter I caught up on a lot of old movies I've never seen during COVID which was kind of nice mm, yeah but it's it's just when you were when we were kids, when movies still came yeah. out on VHS and you had to rent them, when oh, you yeah. saw a movie you wanted to see, like the trailer for it as a kid mm -hmm. on TV, and you didn't get to see it in theaters because your parents were like, "No, movies oh, cost yeah. money. <laughs> we need money to buy drugs, not take you to movies." <laughs> um, and you had to wait like seven months for that shit yeah. to come out on VHS. It was torture for a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so long. Mm hmm. The other thing that's crazy when you're a kid, when you get grounded for a week, that feels like forever. Yeah. And now as adults, we ground ourselves for eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. And it's like, <laughs> by the time I you know, get Saturday, you barely remember them. Yeah. And you're kind of sad when you have to, <laughs> you have to leave it. Yeah. yeah. Sunday, Sunday at about ooh, six o'clock, seven o'clock PM. You're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> My period of suffering begins tomorrow. <laughs> Folks, we love our jobs, okay? Yeah, no. We're, we're both in um, good spots. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so this is the fifth movie in the Evil Dead franchise. And I think it's all, I mean, it's an Evil Dead movie. If you're yeah. listening to a, a podcast about horror movies and you've never heard of Evil Dead, I don't know. You're in the wrong yeah, place. I don't know, man. Let's wrong see. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, it does feel pretty Evil Dead-y, I think. Uh, it does not... Uh, mm -hmm doesn't mix up the formula too much but you know cast in a different setting yeah it's um, got the it's got the major plot points um yeah. of an evil dead movie and it's got you know the standard shit you'll find in an evil dead movie the, the book bound in human flesh 
written in human blood that gets activated by some sort of recording and like yeah. an undead evil spirit that possesses people and can't be killed or stuffed back into the box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one, like evil dead is a weird series cause it kind of oscillates between tones a lot. Uh, and this one definitely skews a lot more towards straightforward horror. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, fewer moments of levity or goofiness or, even slapstick humor that you might see in some of the Evil Dead ones. This one is pretty straight through, yeah. Uh, uh, grimy horror. Yeah, and I, I I think there were some scenes in this one that aren't intentionally supposed to be funny, mm. but I think that they do kind of. You see it, and it is like it's funny if you're a horror person. Yeah, you see it. Like, I think oh, there's some good. some heightened uh, uh, elements or to the performances and stuff like that where it like. They're they're taking things up to eleven a little bit in some places that like could go too far into uh, being silly. Yeah, but and, it, yeah. And a quick uh, synopsis of this one mm-hmm. is a uh, young family finds the book of the dead in the basement of their building after a dramatic earthquake. The kid plays a record with the recordings to activate the book. And the family yeah. is haunted by the spirits contained within. Will they survive? Will they find a chainsaw in this one like they do in every <laughs> Evil Dead movie? In the middle of L.A., find out as we, as we review this movie. <laughs> yeah, We are going to tell you. Once again, this is a spoiler-filled podcast mm-hmm. for this movie that is still in theaters. And so uh, right away, something that I thought was kind of cool is the bait and switch we got with this movie. Mm-hmm. I think most of the horror dead, the mainline ones, not Army of Darkness, um, but they're all set in a cabin yeah. in the woods. And you kind of like, you know, the beat by beat what you're going to get with it. But this one, they do a nice little mix up. They set it up with the cabin in the woods scene where it's like the girl's already possessed. She's already freaking out. She's reading books without looking at them. Yeah. Um, so you're just like, damn, this one's oof, we're starting off hot and heavy right away. <laughs> So I thought that was a nice little twist on the general formula for it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I um I like that it opens with like the kind of classic tracking shot where it looks like we're following the demon's uh POV going through the forest and it turns out that's a drone. It's a nice little kind of clever update on it. Well, I'd, I'd say we were following one kind of demon. We were following the shitty boyfriend demon. Oh, drone. he's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yeah. That guy sucks. <laughs> The dumb bitch. Yeah, I give her a clonopin and some vodka. <laughs> yeah. Hope she dies. Yeah. Yeah. It, he did not of, die enough in this movie. <laughs> the amount of like just callousness towards like his girlfriend, who we see later in the film, the film starts with the ending, um, yeah. or the film starts with the last person we see get possessed. Mm-hmm. And she seems fine. Like she doesn't. Yeah. Kind of a, you know. Just like a, a young party it, girl, kind of. Yeah, she kind of struck me as more of like the rich kid pretending to be poor, like slumming it in a shitty yeah. apartment um, more than party girl. But she, there was nothing about her. She wasn't like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to get out of the city and get away from all these minorities and gays. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing she says where you're just like, ugh, <laughs> a distasteful person. <laughs> yeah. But he comes off so strong. You're just like, I really don't like this guy. I can't wait yeah. for this guy to die. Yeah, he's the worst. Uh, like I said, like we, he falls in the water and gets decapitated, but we don't see enough of it, in in my opinion, for a movie that does not shy away from gore. And of all the of all the people 
I will say this of all the people to act dumb when they see someone who's clearly possessed, his yeah. was the most understandable because a, he had been drinking and yeah. B, his girlfriend had been like fine, just kind of comatose the last time mm-hmm. he saw her. Um, so when she like comes out onto the water, holding the scalp of her cousin, it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah, that's who knows. <laughs> that would take me a second, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of understood him acting dumb, but some of the characters later on in this movie, I'm just like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What were you thinking in this situation? Um, but yeah, the uh, opening scenes were really cool. And the text coming out from behind the woods, I also thought was great. Yeah. I thought that was like genuinely horrifying along with the music that was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty cool little effect. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice the book that the uh, cousin was reading? Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Which I, was that in someone was reading that in Fright Night, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We got to read that book. I guess. Yeah, I've never read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I did send you a picture of my recent reading list, though. That's yeah. That made me so worried. <laughs> just just, just <laughs> like seven or eight copies of Infinite Jest stacked up on top of each other. Yeah. It's it's troubling. Like I. <laughs> I like we got to finish this recording and I'm going to organize your intervention. <laughs> the background on that is I just I know somebody that every time he's at a used bookstore, he always mm-hmm. buys the copies of Infinite Chess that they have. And it's like, uh, I don't know why. <laughs> OK, it's, so it's, I it's definitely funny. need to know what his reason was. OK, <laughs> I think it's funny because in that picture I sent you, you can see like his little spent cans from his um, whippets. So it's like yeah. all this guy does is like play video games, do whippets, a bunch of coke, and buy and like read books. And he just has a stack of infinite chess copies. Boy, I mean, I'm a little in, twisted. In some ways, living the dream, but uh, <laughs> like I said, ideal male living space. Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, look, that guy might have cracked the code. I don't know. I'm. I'm maybe I'm too quick to judge. Mm-hmm. And speaking of ideal spaces. Seven minutes in, we get introduced to the person that's going to be the main character of this movie. Taking a pregnancy test in what is probably the grossest Just the stadium bathroom place. I've ever seen. If I took a pregnancy test in there, it would come up pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just I, graffiti everywhere, repulsive stuff. I've been in some pretty bad bathrooms, but that is one of the nastier ones I've seen. And it's like, of all the places you could take a pregnancy test, I get it, you're a roadie. Um, yeah. You're like the production manager for a band, but you guys have like a band van. You stay in hotels unless yeah. you're like a brand new band that like can't afford hotels. and You're sleeping in like your shitty Ford Econoline van. You guys have hotels. Yeah. <laughs> Being a roadie I, was like a sketchy job in the 70s, but anymore it's like a pretty legit job. Yeah. No, it's it's an actual career. And they have a if, that, if that bathroom is your option, go pee by a dumpster out back like it's it was that bad in there there's no way that bathroom was worse than the bathroom at the place she bought the pregnancy test no way. <laughs> that's true yeah yeah <laughs> i've been in some walgreens bathrooms and they are not that bad yeah they're fine mm-hmm. i think most people don't realize there's bathrooms in there and you can just <laughs> so they don't get just wrecked and so we get introduced to her getting a pregnancy test um coming back positive has the movie ever had someone take a pregnancy test and like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Negative. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. <laughs> um, so I thought that was like, I don't know, just interesting, just weird. I know this movie's trying to be serious 
but that was a scene that to me felt very like unserious where it's like we need to we need to make sure that the bathroom looks gross yeah it's i don't know yeah it, it's trying to i guess do a lot of heavy exposition lifting in that but it does it, it feels more like if a band is playing in that a place with that grody bathroom they probably don't have like a professional crew mm-hmm. to set their stuff up like at least two people working with them that we see and i also like the over the top thing where the her second in command is like hey do you know do you know where the guitar he won in that arm wrestling contest is it's like okay <laughs> yeah this is right, guy. yeah <laughs> some of the worst dialogue i've heard in a horror <laughs> movie in a while <laughs> And then, yeah. Um, yeah, we get introduced to the family of the film and the location where most of the film is going to be taking place in. Um, the mom's name is what? Ellie? Ellie, yeah. Yeah. The kid I liked the most was Dan. It's a little sad oh, that I, Dan um, did, not, did not make it. Dan was, I was pretty cool. I was expecting you to come down hard on, on Dan. Um, I appreciate he, like, Dan. He aggressively gets the plot going. Yeah, this movie. <laughs> just as soon as he finds a hole, he's like, "I'm gonna fucking get some deadites up in this bitch." I just love that he was like, "Records, sweet, I'm gonna sample these." <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I like Dan. I thought Dan was cool. The kid that I didn't like was the youngest one. Uh, Cassie. Yeah, she's trying to be like the. I'm not like the other girls' kid. Yeah, I she. They were trying to make her very precocious, and I don't know. I, I don't think it was a problem with the performance. I think it was just a little underwritten. Um, where it, it just like she just has kind of one introductory scene where she's doing some weird craft stuff. She's Sid from Toy Story. Yeah, she's basically Sid from Toy Story. Um, and uh, but then yeah, she sort of just drops off after a little while, and the that. Poor girl, like her brain is just mush between her ears by the end of this movie. The I started just like writing down the most horrific things that she experiences experiences and like stabbing her and, sister through the face with yeah. Stephanie. Yeah, yeah. And the like being picked up by her demon mom and like held at the door so like she can just see like half her mom's face. Just so much stuff that like um, if we um, followed that little girl at any point, she's just catatonic yeah almost getting assimilated into like your family homunculi at the end of the movie yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. my my note at the end for her is honestly throwing her in the wood chipper would probably be a serve or probably make her life easier (laughs) i know right there are some things therapy can't help with yeah that just like that poor girl is fundamentally broken and and at least in the the elevator yeah yeah at least in the exorcist it makes sense why regan is like kind of bounces back from it because she doesn't really remember being possessed. Yeah. But this girl is going to remember. <laughs> she, yeah. Yeah. This is going to be nightmares for the rest of her life after this. Yeah. She's going to talk to a doctor and they're going to be like, look, we might want to bring back lobotomies for this girl. <laughs> like, I, honestly, I think that may be the route, the route we need to take. And I, the other thing that evil dead movies always imply is there's no killing this possession that it's yeah. always going to haunt you. So she's going to spend the rest of her life looking over her shoulder at every little noise and like stranger thinking that they're going to be some sort of demon. So good luck. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough times for her. 
But I think the family dynamic we get introduced to is right away. I'm good. Mm. Like I like the family. Um, I appreciate that we get introduced to everybody very quickly, that they're pretty low dimensional characters. So it's like you kind of pick up on who they are as a person within like your first, I don't know, five seconds of seeing them in their opening dialogue. Yeah. The daughter being like, like mom, where's my shirt for the protest? (laughs) Uh, yeah, the, it, it feels like they got a lot of like visual signifiers for kind of what their personality is. Mm-hmm. And the mom like fixing her tattoo gun, I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a family that when you see them, you can tell they all really care about each other. They're yeah. all very capable and determined people. And it's going to make watching them tear each other apart. Tough to watch in this. Movie. Yeah. It's it's tough stuff. I this movie went a little bit harder uh than I was expecting. I, I did not think uh again, full spoilers coming up that uh, we kinda already spoiled it, but yeah, a lot of the family dies, uh, which I was not anticipating. Same. I thought that yeah. all the kids would get out and yeah. it would be um, you know, the auntie raising the kids. Mm-hmm. Um they'd maybe like one of them would like lose an arm or something crazy, but it wouldn't sure. be anything brutal and instead all of the kids except for one die so yeah yeah um that was pretty tough and the other thing i want to point out about this family when the earthquake hits and they drop the pizza that pizza was not ruined you could it's still fine. eat that pizza it's just you a little just, smushed yeah you scrape it the off the boxes you, were still closed you spread it out a little bit and it, it's fine it's pizza yeah you just roll it up now you got a pizza taco it's fine mm-hmm. it's fine yeah no 100 percent. they should it's an outrage that they're not just eating pizza through the rest of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, something else I'll point out when he, when Dan goes into the hole, could he use a flashlight, Dan? Yeah. Olight just had a big sale, Dan. You could have had a nice, sweet Olight storm ready torch <laughs> to go down into that hole. Yeah. You could have been lighting it up. You could have been like, sis, no problem. I got my Olight. <laughs> Perfectly visible down here. That. It's wild how long he spends in that in that vault down there without a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did like they he kind of establishes later, like he grabbed the book with the hopes that he could help the family, like financially, like it mm-hmm. looked like an antique book they could sell. Um, but then again, like, Dan, don't don't like touch the book. <laughs> if you're looking to sell yeah, it, the book, the book that gets activated, the book that can only be unlocked when human blood is dripping onto it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just casually flip through this bad boy. It looks and like th- the fucking monster book of monsters from Harry Potter with teeth. And just like, don't, don't open that. Well, and it's like, if the first record you put on from the stack of ancient records that are titled, like, you know, uh, ritual to summon demons part one. <laughs> if yeah. the first one you put on is a priest going, you know, I found this book made of human flesh written in blood. Mm-hmm. And the other priest said that uh, not destroying it is heresy. I wouldn't be like, let me, yeah. what's on track to go, go on. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I did like once the like incantation starts being read on the records, uh, Dan does try to stop it, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a pretty key thing. I, in, I think the original Evil Dead movies, it's uh, Bruce Campbell's character, Ash, like listen to a tape recording that triggers it the same way and has the same like kind of like, hey, why don't you just stop it? Like, I know, uh, I, know I, I guess you don't realize it's it's real yet, but just maybe I'm a yeah. coward. I don't know. It's just yeah. it's one of those things. If I found a book in a bank vault, um, you know, that was covered in bugs when I found it. 
and only open after I drop blood on it, I wouldn't be like, let me go through the rest of this shit. Yeah. This is a big haul. I'm not a superstitious person, but like th- that's enough pieces of evidence to be like, well, maybe I should reconsider some some uh, aspects of yeah, reality. Let's, let's find God. <laughs> yeah, just real quick. Gonna yeah, pray so, to Jesus and Buddha. Yeah, I just I that was the beginning of dumb decisions where I was like, I started to feel less and less sorry for some of the characters in here. Yeah. And I, something else I think is kind of uh, funny about this movie is it really telegraphs a lot of stuff in the movie. Like mm-hmm. everything you see is some sort of what's the term MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the, it's going to be used later. Mm hmm. And it's like when we see Stephanie, she's coming back. When yeah. you hear about the cat stuck in the vent, you know, yeah. someone's going into that vent. Mm-hmm. The locked door is coming back into it. It's just like everything that gets named, you could just make a little checklist like this is coming back soon. Yeah, the the kind of grouchy guy mentions he's got tools down in this truck, and boy, does that come back later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that it's when you, even the first time, because I've seen this movie twice now, even the first time you watch it, I think it's kind of obvious what's going on. This feels a lot less like it's a, horror movie made to be scary and creepy and a horror movie made to be like gory, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some like genuinely, uh, genuinely scary parts to it. Um, and, uh, I should mention the Ellie, the main kind of demon gives a really good creepy performance. She's perfect. Yeah. Uh, she, and like to go from like, cool mom to super scary demon like she plays both both sides of it absolutely great um but yeah it, like you said it is mostly like this is like we're going for like big over the top splatter gore here mm-hmm. and 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 like gore to make you uncomfortable the the fucking cheese grater oh man <laughs> that's the worst thing people people when i saw it in theaters groaned at that scene they're like Ugh. yeah yeah, um, that is rough. I groaned alone in my living room. <laughs> and I got to say, too, their apartment is designed to be a death trap. I would take yeah. Cameron in the Woods over being on the <laughs> 13th floor of a building with no fire escapes. Yeah. A shitty, like, is it going to work today? Elevator. Mm-hmm. And, like, the only stairwell that's not a fire escape is locked for some reason. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh I know the, it was wild to me that they didn't have access to the fire escape and like that's like the one I feel like the one thing that didn't come back they it seemed like there was they were gonna go to room 82 or whatever to get to the fire escape and it seemed like they were building that up a little bit like something scary was gonna go on in there I was waiting just, for room 82 to be even more fucked up yeah yeah I thought they were like gonna have to make their way in there and it's like Oh, this is where all the junkies died. Oh, it's super haunted in here, kind of thing. But no, they just they never go in there. And also, maybe maybe I'm an idiot, but I would imagine that old buildings would have more access to fire escapes because elevators were just like not a super common thing back yeah. in the day. That they'd have like more stairwells or more ways to get up and down that weren't reliant on a really slow old elevator. But who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the family's apartment building is a death trap and absolutely. It's also crazy to think that after the mom gets possessed and 
you know, the first couple scenes when she's possessed, you're like, okay, I get it. You still think she's your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, her going into a tub of water and then instantly boiling it. Totally normal thing for moms <laughs> yeah. to do. Uh-huh. Whose Happens. mom hasn't done that? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but after she stabs the aunt through the hand with a piece of glass, it's like, kids, you know, yeah. don't hope for mom to be coming back. <laughs> this, she's not going to yeah. turn by like, oops, my bad. <laughs> Whoa, this guy, that hand, guys, I'm sorry. No pun intended. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. it. Yeah, it's... Uh, takes a shock and a long time for Dan to hit her with a chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in that scene. Yeah, there's a couple scenes where I'm just like, have you guys not figured out the rules of this set? You live in a world where people are cognizant of horror films because we get the neighbor kids that are like, hey, can oh, watch yeah. Friday the 13th with us? Um, so people know about horror and they still haven't been like, oh, she's definitely possessed. Yeah. There's a demon in our mom. <laughs> and yeah. It's also, I thought, really funny, too, about 49-ish minutes into the movie. So the um, just how fast, like, the kind of men that are there die, like mm-hmm. the old neighbor with the shotgun. I was and, about like, to the, say the, the supporting cast. Young lad. Yeah, the supporting cast gets picked off or, like, cleaned out right away. Instantly. In one scene. Yeah. And, and I, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it's a foregone conclusion for those characters. But it's still surprising that, like, there is no drawing out tension with that it was just like she just fucking massacres them and the thing that was kind of a joke to me is um when she bites out the dude's eye and spits it mm-hmm. and the other guy swallows it and dies i was like yeah. okay this has to be like a joke that, that they wrote in here yeah that people. one was that one was a little too over the top for me i thought that was a little silly mm-hmm. um but uh but i mean again not but also not the silliest thing that's ever happened in an evil dead movie so i guess i can't complain that's true there was no this is my boomstick (laughs) yeah um people love ash campbell but i think that he's like i I think if you see those movies at the right age they really stick with you and they're fun but if Mm -hmm. you see them just like just beyond the cutoff point for you're just like this is awful what are people on how much cocaine did it take to approve this script (laughs) it is is a very specific series of movies to be into um and i i saw um evil dead one and army of darkness when i was in high school and didn't see two until i was kind of late college and like evil Dead two seems like it's a movie made specifically for me but it did not click like after like i just missed my window for it or i just like i don't get why that one's the most beloved yeah I don't get it either because it's like Evil Dead One, fantastic. Yeah, Two, it's a solid little super low budget horror movie. Great, and then you hit Army of Darkness, and you're like, yeah, I mean, okay. Um, yeah, it's over the top. It's goofy. It's fun. Yeah. It feels like a big pivot in tone. Yeah. What you're going for? <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine how pissed I would have been if I went and saw that in theaters. Yeah, because <laughs> back then it's it's like you had to read the TV guide to hopefully catch anything decent on tv to watch so it's like you didn't know about movie trailers yeah you know you just were like ah evil dead you know i've seen two of those i'll go check out this third one and then you go in and it's that's what you get you're just like i'm never seen a movie again (laughs) but yeah and but evil dead 2 is just it's trying to be both i don't know it's it's too goofy to be scary and too scary to be goofy Mm-hmm. I, I just the humor falls flat for me and the scares nothing feels like particularly fun 
or or uh creepy in it. So yeah, I, I've always had a weird kind of relationship with this series. That's how I feel as well, where it's like I really like Evil Dead One. I really like the Evil Dead um twenty thirteen remake, I think is great. Yeah, I like that and then one a lot. It's like this one was just okay. Like I had fun watching it. Um I went inside with two friends who were just like, is this gonna be like a really scary movie and I just forget that my barometer for scary is like <laughs> broken. I was like, no, this is going to be nah, a fucking fine. A cakewalk. I did get caveat. ready to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> we did see that noon on a Sunday though, which is like the least <laughs> scary time of day. Yeah. That's pretty good. Like you get you out of the still movie. find a church that's open. <laughs> yeah. You get out of the movie. It's still sunny out. You're just like, Oh, okay, cool. What am I going to do with the rest of the day now? Yeah. Um, but I think that more than anything, and this is about the point where the movie's like hitting a fever pitch with it, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's just gory and yeah. disturbing images. It's like, I don't know. I would put it in with like Hostel as like kind mm-hmm. of a shocking amount of gore. And for me, those movies, like you kind of get worn out on it fast because yeah. the dial is turned up to 11 for so long that like you just adjust mentally and that becomes like a new norm while you're watching it. You're just like, okay. What are you going to do to shock me at this point? I've already seen a cheese grater used to peel human flesh. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I, it, I don't think they quite top that after after that point. And this is also the time where I really just stop feeling bad for the family for for being dumb. Where it's like <laughs> the aunt walks into the kitchen to find um, the oldest daughter like chewing mm-hmm. a glass bottle, being like, "the the monsters are in my tummy." And she's yeah. like, oh, come on, bugaboo, you know, come give your auntie a hug. It's like, she's not good. She's not yeah, right. it's, it's, yeah. No one's eating a wine glass and, and doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's the main character's name? Beth? Beth, yep. Beth, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it does, it, it feels like they go like really hard at the end but at that point it, it's sort of just washing over me I, like I think overall I enjoyed this movie but it, something was just missing a little bit mm-hmm. from it like I really remember enjoying Evil Dead remake it's probably been 10 years since I watched it oh god the march of time uh, but uh, I remember like being really into that one yep. and this one like there was just some like element of it just didn't quite work I think they ratcheted it up too quickly because the mom mm-hmm. goes from okay to being tortured in the elevator by wires yeah. to being yeah. like a screaming banshee in the span of 10 minutes. And yeah. It's like, there's no slow, like setting in to the characters, the supporting cast of like, Oh, things are fucked up. And I feel yeah. like the older evil dead movies do a really good job of pacing that out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen the Evil Dead remake. The last time I watched it, I think, is when we covered it for the original run of the podcast. Oh, did um, we? I'm pretty okay, sure yeah. we did. I think so. I know. I think we did the first two Evil Deads. I don't know. We might have done both. Um. So yeah, I just i I feel like the old movies ratcheted up a little slower, a little bit better, yeah. and just gave you room to breathe between the mm-hmm. kind of shocking moments. And this one doesn't really give you that room to breathe. And yeah. I, I think there's some tension missing. Uh, yeah. In the, in the and then there's some scenes that just fall like flat on their face entirely. Like this is also about the time hour and 15 ish in 
where the Beth and the youngest daughter have made their escape into the hallway. They're almost going to get out of the building and the, all the bodies in the hallway start chanting like one of us, one of us yeah. oh, dead by dawn. That's what it <laughs> dead is. Dead by dawn. Yeah. Dead by dawn, dead by dawn. And I was like, how did this scene get kept in <laughs> where it's like, I almost would have rather that she just had to like fight those reanimated bodies and not them like taunting her with this really lame chant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's the subtitle for the second movie dead by dawn, but it, it yeah, it is, uh, very aggressive and, and kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by that point, it, I don't know. Also, uh, like, so are those guys all possessed? They, are they still around at the end? I don't know. I, I, Evil Dead is, I guess, never a series that you can get, like, too lost in the mechanics of how the possessions work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. That it's just, like, yeah. it's a movie to be spectacle, and it's not something like, you know, The Exorcist, where there's, like, kind of a thread yeah. of lore that stretches between all these movies. Even even Scream, I think, does a better job of, like, setting up a universe, having rules that you as the viewer are aware of, and, like, the movie having to work within those. Yeah, it, it does feel like this movie is a little bit like, well, the movies that came before, we don't have to try that hard. Like, we we can do all this fun stuff, and, like, if there's some connective tissue missing, missing that's not a big deal. That's not what people are here for. Mm-hmm. Which is... I mean, maybe fair. Uh, I, I certainly wasn't going to this movie being like, I want like a, a tight family drama. I want I want to see the depths of each of these characters. I, I got what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just it feels like uh, it's it's been some elements have just been done better. And, and it, I was feeling their, their loss pretty hard, especially towards the end. Yeah. And I, I would say that the last 30 minutes are kind of a low spot for the movie. But I think the end sequence is really good. I think that when yeah. they get on the elevator, it mm-hmm. fills with blood. You know, they smash to the bottom. Um, Cassidy asks, am I dead? It's like, no, but I'm sure you in 10 <laughs> years, news. you're going to wish you had died. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I should probably just like strangle you right now and, and put you out of your misery. But it's I, like, honest, yeah, I, I, just, I can't believe that the, the girl didn't get possessed. Honestly. Yeah, me too. I really thought they were going to go with creepy little girl. Yeah, me too. Um, but the cat and mouse scene at the end where like they're mm-hmm. um, hiding behind the car while the homunculus is like stalking them. I thought that was great. That was tense. Yeah. Um, I I love the the yeah, the composite of the three family members. That was a cool like new monster twist to throw in the end. And I think a, a good finale for it. Again, telegraphed at the beginning of the movie when the mom first gets possessed and she's like, I dreamed yeah. of cutting you all open and climbing inside so we could be one big family. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, that was good. I think the ending kill sequence is also pretty cool where she has yeah. the chainsaw, slashes it up, drops a badass one line, and then just jams the chainsaw through the, the mother's skull. Yeah. As she's being fed into a wood chipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, that was great. It was very metal, very cool. Yeah. And the and the monster, they, they show it kind of sparingly, but I feel like the, the bits we see of it, it looks pretty solid. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like it's... If this movie had not thrown so much other scary and graphic stuff in our faces for an hour and a half, 
when you see the monster would have been way more shocking. Mm, yeah. Um, right. But it does kind of fall. Monster looks cool. You are like, oh, that's a cool, that's a unique concept. Yeah. But it doesn't stick with you very much. I th- I think of all the scenes in the movie that are like really creepy and well done. Um, the stuff we get when the mother is dispatching the male supporting cast in the hallway and mm-hmm. the family's looking out through yeah. the, the peephole. I thought that was like choice. That was good yeah, stuff. That was the best. Yeah. When it's like for about 15 minutes, it's kind of a siege movie in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that bit too. Yeah. I, I thought that was great. And I think another scene that really um, stuck out to me was when the mom puts her finger on the record and opens her mouth. And mm, it's yeah. like a distorted voice coming out of the priest being like, you have to run, you have to run. That was yeah. great. The summoning sequence I thought was really cool. And I really like the opening with Jessica, her boyfriend and cousin. I thought that was also great. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I, there's a lot of good stuff in here and overall I liked it. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, those little bits that kind of hold it back from being like a, a, a firm recommend mm-hmm. for me, but it's definitely like, if you like the other evil dead movies, I think the one's definitely worth your time. I'd say so. Yeah. And I mean, I had fun. I, I walked into it kind of fully expecting it to be this type of movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got my money's worth and my time's worth seeing it twice. And I'd say it's like a solid movie. If you like yeah. horror movies, I think it's worth watching. It's a two and a half out of five for me, but there's nothing wrong with being average. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we both fair. agree that there's some some good bits. The soundtrack in the beginning was good, but I don't remember anything else from the score. Yeah, I don't remember kind of any of those beats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, I, one thing I like, there's a, I, I felt like they were going to use something with uh Beth's like technical know-how. She gets the record player to work without power, but I thought she was gonna like build a weapon or something. I wish. It just seemed it seems like it, that was kind of a, a missed opportunity for for because like both sisters have or like seen like tinkering around with things. I thought that was gonna be like a through line throughout, but nah. Yeah, I wish that would have been cool, but unfortunately yeah. we did not get that. Yeah. Um, did you catch the uh, Bruce Campbell voice cameo? Um, where he's one of the uh, the priests on the um, on the record. Oh, yeah, it's good yeah, catch. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, uh, the director has said that that's uh, a time traveling Ash. Which, sure, whatever. Yeah, why not? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, why not? Yeah. So anything else you want to say about this this film before we do our question and maybe talk about other stuff we've been watching? Um, I don't think so. Uh, one thing I've, I've noticed we've been doing or uh, unofficially is naming a best character in the movie for a lot of these movies. I, I named mine. I named yeah, my you're, best you're firm on Danny. Yeah, I think Danny's fun. And it's like yeah. I kind of sympathize with Danny. I appreciate that for all the things characters in a movie can be into is like establishing their personality. Danny's is like wanting to be a DJ and like being interested in music. I think that's way more interesting than like Danny's the, the dark loner child of the family or, you know, Danny's torn up because dad left and now he's an (laughs) incel. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's true. They, none of the, like the kids are all kind of like 
rebellious alt culture kind of kids, but they're all all they all still clearly love each other and like get along within their family unit mm-hmm. to some degree, and that's kind of nice and refreshing to see. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot more. And as corny as it sounds, I kind of would have liked if Dad had been there. Um, it mm, just yeah. I feel like it would have been kind of a nice touch for the whole family to be like together as a unit. Um, yeah. I am a little bit of a sucker for movies where the family does stay together throughout it. I sure. think it's maybe because my parents are divorced. I'm just like, oh yeah, it would have been would have been cool to have two parents around the house. Yeah. <laughs> and and that scene where the mom is like, we're getting back together. He's he's just offside. That that would have gotten you. You would open the door. No. Um, as soon as mom <laughs> stabbed my aunt through the hand, I'd have been like, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's all demon right. killing time. <laughs> Mom's fucking gone. All right. Yeah. You yeah. were always my least favorite parent. <laughs> <laughs> that's audience. That's a joke. I love my mom. I text her every day. <laughs> yeah, she, yes. It is well established. And I, I know that Kevin loves his mom. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah. <clears throat> I think it would have been cool to see just because. Um, I think having more representation of like complete families that are, Mm -hmm. I would say normal, like they get along, they love each other is probably good, (laughs) good for media these days, um, versus like the standard trope of like the deadbeat dad or the, you know, the negligent evil mom. Um, you know, why not? Why not have it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We could use. A little lightness before all those people get graphically murdered. Yeah. And (laughs) I think an important thing to show people that you can have like a normal good family because it seems this is a little off topic, but it seems like a lot of um, young men these days are like torn on this idea. I shouldn't say torn, but it's like there's two camps for young men. You're either like a normal dude um, or you're like one of these guys who's like, Women always make out in divorce court. I'm never getting married or having kids. Women mm. just want me for money. It's like, bro, you're 17. Women do yeah. not want you for your money at that age. <laughs> turn off, turn off Andrew Tate. Turn off the Fresh and Fit podcast and just like go go to high school. Be a normal kid. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think there is. Uh, it, it's becoming better, but I think there definitely is a lack of. Uh representation of like a family a, a healthy family unit with like parents that are partners rather than either one of them being in a more um uh dominant role yeah and this this is also this leads back to something we were talking about before we started recording today's episode but it's like i always feel bad um at work when people like kind of ask like oh how are things going at home i'm like you know what i love being married my wife's dope we have a yeah. great marriage. You know, we like spending time with each other. We play to each other's strengths and weaknesses really well. Uh, I can tell people think you're lying and annoying when you're just like, <laughs> right. marriage is fucking rad, dude. I love my wife. <laughs> yeah. They want you to be like, I'm glad I'm not home with that bitch. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I feel like those jokes are dying out, but I I do feel that too are. I, I, I'm coming up on four years of marriage now and been with my wife much longer than that. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is fucking great. Like having mm-hmm. a partner through all this shit. Mm-hmm. Wonderful stuff. I, 
don't know why why people were complaining all those times. Yeah, I'm always whenever I hear people complain about marriage, I'm like, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you find someone you love to get married to, idiot? Duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Find a good partner. <laughs> um yeah, those jokes I think have died out, but I think like the attitude about if your marriage is good, you don't want to brag about it or like mention that yeah, it's good to I, people. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, there is still like a certain level of guilt, especially if that person is not married or if you know they are unhappy in their marriage. Or divorced. To whatever degree. Or <laughs> yeah. divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, Dan, I think is my favorite character. I think this movie does a lot of things really well. I think it follows the kind of evil dead rule set formula loosely um, in a kind of interesting way with it taking place in an apartment. And who's your favorite character? Uh, you know, I, you may have, you may have uh, swayed me on Dan. I, I did like that. He kind of accepted responsibility for, for what happened. Um, you he know, cares about his degree, sisters. Yeah. He's to the degree that it was his fault. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Dan Dan is our number one pick for for best character in the movie. Yeah, and the congratulations. Other, the other scene that won me over is when Dan's little sister comes into the room, and the older sister and Dan are like tickle attacking her, and it's like the family's yeah. just getting along. He's not like, God, Cassidy, you're such an annoying twerp, and like slams yeah. the door. Like any of the stuff we would have gotten in like an '80s movie with a teen a teen son. Yeah, yeah. That's I true. just think of evil from. Um, from Fright Night. Yeah. It's like yeah. just how annoying and like comically over the top he was. Yeah. <laughs> God, that, that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. And then um final question, Walter. Yeah. How do you think you would have done if you were in this I'm movie? I'm so fucking dead in any evil death movie. Like Really? I I like there's no it feels like there's no rules to who gets possessed or not. And I I don't know. Someone I like I also would like be wary if my mom stabbed my aunt through the hand, but I I still feel like I'm gonna get a uh, cheese grater to the to, someone's gonna use a cheese grater on my leg, and I'm just gonna give up and just like lay down and like let sweet death embrace me. What about I, you? I I mm, I would have gone out swinging. Sure, I, I don't <laughs> think I would have survived this movie, but. As soon as, um, you know, mom goes a little crazier than usual, uh, (laughs) I would have been like, you know, mom, this is, this is going to be unfortunate when I have to put you down. (laughs) Yeah. You had a good run. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I think that I would have recognized right away like, oh yeah, that this is a possession. This book is evil. Um, I should not have played the record labeled, uh, don't play me. Evil incantation yeah. on recording. <laughs> so That's a, another thing that kind of gets dropped. They they listen to the first. There's four records. They listen to the first two, and then the fourth one. What's on the I third? I don't think. Yeah, what's on the third? I like thinking. I it's guess the, it's probably just like the people being possessed. But I think it was the priest lo-fi mixtape. That he was like really <laughs> trying probably. to be a lo-fi. Yeah, that's why he had these. Oh damn! If only you had started there. <laughs> oh no, Dan. <laughs> You know, there there is a lo-fi genre that's lo-fi yeah. that has samples from like horror movies or horror audiobooks. Mm. And I think that Daniel uh could have had a could have made a killing sampling those and putting those online. I listened Dude, to it around Halloween time. 
do do J, DJs even use records still? Or is that is that kind of a dying? I think some do aspect of it. Okay. Um, I think some use digital record players, yeah. um, where they just have like the two small discs that they use for beat matching. Mm-hmm. Um, being but, a DJ yeah, it, looks kind of fun because it's like you just make a, a cool mix of music and like you make sure yeah. that the beat match is seamless and you can like turn up the bass or turn up the, the speed of the track a little bit. Yeah. Now it, it seemed like Dan was passionate about it and would it, would it have dropped some sick, sick tracks mm-hmm. if only. And then, yeah. So I guess now that we've wrapped up the movie portion, have you watched anything good recently? Uh, I don't think so. I, it was a bit of a busy week, uh, for me, uh, in the, in the old Walter household. So I don't think I really watched anything, uh, of note. Um, I did read a book lately, Ooh, which is, what'd you read? Yeah. Very strange. Um, it was called meddling kids by Edgar Cantero. I think, um, the elevator pitch is kind of, uh, the Scooby gang, uh, grown up and, uh, disillusioned fights uh, like Lovecraftian horror, um, and it's okay. Uh, I like I. It's a really cool concept. There's kind of a fun mystery to it. There's some good stuff. The style of writing, uh, the author does kind of a lot of like fourth wall breaking or describing things in like a cinematic language, like saying like a shot swoops in on on them kind of thing, and it's very fucking distracting. Um, so that's, I, that's one of those things you can sprinkle it in as an author, but yeah, it's like, if you do too much of it, it, it's, it's throughout the book. It feels kind of like you imagine you wanted this to be a movie and decide to turn it into a book instead. And it, yeah, it just, it's becomes a little overwhelming. And like every time it got to one of those, I just rolled my eyes. Um, but overall, like I don't, it was, but like, again, the story itself was solid and the characters were enjoyable and stuff. It's just like a little bit in the writing style. So I don't know if I'm going to read any more of his work but uh there's you know it's it's a quick fun read um and if that sounded interesting i think you could do a lot worse if we're adding books to the mix of stuff we'll talk about i you just know, i just finished reading um book of five rings by miyamoto musashi oh i'm not familiar uh it's like the japanese version of the art of war so a lot of oh, stuff okay. about sword fighting uh in single combat and group combat and you know you should learn all the weapons of war a lot of stuff that's, I don't want to say self-help because when he wrote this book, <laughs> yeah. when he wrote this book in the 1600s, he was writing as like a manuscript to train samurai and not like right. a, yeah. a book to help office workers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's some really cool stuff in it. And I really like his, the way he ends a lot of his sentences by saying, you must, you should examine this well, or mm-hmm. you must, you must think about this. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing because he just beats you over the head with it anytime he like wraps up a paragraph about like, uh, you know, when defending against an enemy, make sure to like try to lead them into a position that will be advantageous for you. Yeah, uh, you should think about this well. <laughs> hey, so idiot. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm not sure if I'm gonna read his other book, Dokoto, which is like the way of being alone. Mm. Um, maybe I'll read that oh, later. Yeah, uh, I'm reading I, The Martian. That's my follow-up book to it. Oh, I, don't, I haven't read that one. I'm uh, trying to balance out reading like a non-fiction book and then reading like a kind of lighter-hearted fiction, fantasy, sci-fi. Yeah. I to go back to the other one for a second. I like the idea of 
that guy still being alive today and his agent just being like, we got to pivot to self-help. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like, the war books aren't selling so hot, but you've got the right mindset. People, I think, really love or really hate self-help books. And it's like, I like reading them every once in a while just because it is like sure. a kind of nice refresher to be like, oh, yeah, maybe I should be like a little bit more introspective about like the way I interact with others or. You yeah. know, when somebody at work is kind of a dick to me, think that maybe they're having a bad day and like they didn't really mean to be a dick. Um, I, yeah. I, and people go, oh, yeah, that's so obvious. And it's like, I don't know. You probably think it's obvious when you hear somebody else say it. But reminding yourself in the moment is always like a struggle. So I, I think these things are like good to read and check in on every yeah. once in a while. I've, I've read a few and I, I think a similar thing where like as I'm reading it, like it feels like, yes, this is all information that I know or should know already. But it's it's kind of nice to like see it articulated in a way and like makes me consider it a little bit more and, you know, reminds my reminds me to try to incorporate that a little bit more in my life. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm excited for The Martian. I'm like 50 pages yep. into it. And it's like. It feels a little uh, over the top with that. He's like swearing all the time in these recordings because mm -hmm. it's told through like audio logs to himself. Right. where He's narrating what he did. But then I kind of think about it. I'm like, as much as this seems like it's like trying to be a book to appeal to Redditors, um, it's pretty yeah. good. I'm having fun reading yeah. it. It's like I need to get over being that critical of it because I know I swear a lot when I'm like by myself talking to myself. Um, surprisingly, I don't swear that much on the podcast. I don't swear that much at uh, work yeah. either, which is also kind of weird. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to cut way back on my swearing because my son is picking up words now. Uh oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And the only movie I've watched between now and the last time we recorded was Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Oh, is that a recent one? Yeah, I think it okay. just left theaters. It's on streaming now. Oh, okay. Um, it was okay. It's kind of refreshing to watch a war movie that like really focuses on the bond between two characters in it. And it's set um, for the war in Afghanistan. And it's not like hypercritical of America's involvement in it. Cause it's like, I feel like we've gotten so many of those movies where it's like, okay, oh, what yeah. is, what is left for you to say about this? That's really right. going to like, are, do you think you're going to have the movie that like really is going to push the last 1% of the country that doesn't think the war was unjustified to thinking it was unjustified? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I appreciated that that movie wasn't going for that angle and that they kind of pointed out that there's a big problem with just, immigration in this country um as somebody that you know has had some close family members go through the immigration process uh it's a nightmare and it's like yeah. the scene where he's calling u.s customs and immigration services and he's just like getting put on hold or bounced to a new agent i'm like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that feels right <laughs> that's accurate <Yeah. laughs> and something else the movie does that's cool is it's a war movie but it's not gory um, like mm. people get shot in the head and instead of it being like they get shot in the head and their fucking head explodes and like zooms in on a bloody stump and then it cuts yeah. to somebody making a shocked face in a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah. Hemis uh, with blood. Yeah. Yeah. People get shot and it's like the most unceremonious like up oh, they're dead or mm. like a guy gets hit with a, a mortar and he doesn't like turn into pink mist. It's just mm. like he just yeah. disappears. And you're like, oh, OK, that's kind of kind of refreshing to see and i'm sure they didn't do it consciously i'm sure they did it as just like a budget thing 
But yeah, probably. It is nice to watch a war movie that it's like people die. It's not super gory. Um, mm-hmm. This feels like a war movie you could watch with people that aren't big fans of war movies and they'd get it. They, they'd find yeah. things to appreciate in it. And a lot of close-up shots of um, terrorists driving Toyota trucks, which I always appreciate. Interesting. (laughs) There's a good YouTube video that talks about what they call the Toyota Wars in Africa, about how um, soldiers have been taking these light utility pickup trucks from like Toyota, Nissan, Honda Ridgelines, surprisingly, and turning them into like vehicles with light armor plating and mounted machine guns. And Jeez. it is like kind of funny to see these dudes driving like a two door Toyota pickup <laughs> with, with a mounted machine gun. You're like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toyota yeah. corporation is not super jazz that their vehicles are really popular <laughs> with um, terror groups and freedom fighters around the world. But what can you do? They their poor PR truck. department is like, Oh, Oh geez. Can you just like cover up the, the logo at least guys imagine them sending isis a cease and desist be like can you you gotta remove our logos from your beheading videos. <laughs> yeah. come on guys <laughs> not cool we're not going to continue to sell you trucks at the fleet rate if you don't do this for us <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's what i've been up to i've been watching um sanctuary on netflix it's like a sumo mm. uh show yeah and it's like kind of interesting because the characters go from like not liking sumo to appreciating it more by the end of it. And I, as a viewer went from somebody with low interest in sumo to watching the most recent Basho that's happening in Japan right now. Basho is like there every two months is a sumo tournament. And it's been like kind of, kind of cool to watch it and recognize some of the things that are happening in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But sumo always seemed like an interesting, like a, a my speed kind of sport where it's just like, yeah, I, I get the rules. I, I immediately get the rules, and the matches are short. Mm-hmm. And I, like, it still has uh, athletes just sacrificing their bodies for. And the for other this. thing that's the other thing that's nice is um, I don't know anything about the ceremony stuff at all for it. So whenever mm-hmm. that stuff's going on, I can be like on my phone playing yeah. a game, like kind of checked out. And then when I hear the stuff, that I'm like, okay, the match is about to start. I can watch the 30 second match. It's like perfect for my. ADHD TikTok brain. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. I don't think I have I anything else left to talk about. No books. Now that we're doing books, so. movies, or movies. Yeah, it's, you know, it's 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 everything, you know. It's we're tastemakers. Mm-hmm. Um hopefully I can uh make some taste with you with my pick as it oh, is yes, my turn. Of course. Let's let's hear it. And I have never seen this movie. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. It's a little bit of a legendary film. Oh, okay. Let's, let's take some, let's take a big swing here. It's a legendary film in the anime community. (laughs) Oh, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Look, I wouldn't have done this to you, but you picked a movie that I had just watched and partially my fault for not communicating it to you. But, um, I want to, I want to watch demon city Shinjuku. The Demon 1988 Sedition. animated film. You know yeah. what? I, I low level commend you for waiting this deep into the podcast to introduce an anime into it. Um, and you know, I I've talked before. I want to kind of cast a wide net, cover dip dip our toes into every little bit of horror. I can't wait 
to uh, probably not enjoy this very much, but you know, I think it will be very mid. Um, it's from the same writer as <laughs> Jesus. <fuck. laughs> it's from the same writer as Vampire Hunter D, um, oh, the guy okay. that wrote the books and wrote the movies. Um, he's yeah. written a bunch of stuff. Wicked City. I've seen his movie Wicked City, and I think it's like really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we we uh, that was one of the ones we did for our old podcast, the Vampire Hunter D. Yep. I think the the second one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And I would say that my kind of pitch on this one, even though you're going to watch it anyways, is yeah. um, 80s animation and style for anime is just like very different. And everything is still hand-drawn then. So it's like, I think very well done for the time and looks very cool. And this is one of those movies that I never saw it as a very impressionable 12-year-old, 13-year-old. But I saw yeah. Ninja Scroll which was heavily influenced by like these kind of high gore, high art uh, anime movies of the time. So I'm, I'm excited to watch this. Yeah, I it's, it should be fun. Oh, only 80 minutes. All right. Yeah, I can, <laughs> we can yeah. knock this out. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my pick for movies is or for movie is demon city Shinjuku. I've we, man, I made it a long time without picking an anime movie. Yeah. I like I mean I don't want to toot your horn uh, too loud but yeah good good job I've also we've <laughs> had a for. we've had a bunch of movies with flashlights and I didn't mention them this is the first yeah. time in a while I've been like uh Dan, restraint. Dan you're a zoomer where's your sweet flashlight and your crossbody <laughs> supreme bag <laughs> if yeah that that's the real pothole in this movie <laughs> yeah Dan should have had the broccoli assassin haircut too what is that um, I'll, I'll Google it. When kids have curly hair and they have the sides in the back shaved oh, and they just have the curly yeah, hair yeah, on yeah. top. Um, my friend Stefano, his brother has really curly hair and I just, he looks like a piece of broccoli every time I see him. Yeah. Let me pull this up here. Oh yeah, that's, ugh. oh, good God. <laughs> good, good God. Cool. Well. Listeners, thank you for tuning in um, for your horror regular movie and book review. We will see you next time on the Multimedia Podcast, The Horrors. Um, remember to give us a like, five stars, a comment. Maybe answer our poll question if you're listening on Spotify. Let us know what we can yeah. do better. Um, all of these things, yeah, yeah. All of these things help. Um, any feedback. And engagement pushes us up a little a little up higher on those lists of movie podcasts. Um, there's a Christian movie podcast that we're neck and neck with, and I want to beat them. Oh, and I want to I I rank slightly that. higher than them. Okay, you've you've lit a fire inside me now. <laughs> yeah, Christian movie is not good. Assassin 33 AD is kind of a banger, a low key banger, but most of them are not great. Yeah. Um, brother or father stew was another one i've seen recently i was like oh, this is okay stew father no. stew father stew yeah. oh, okay. it's inoffensive enough sure it wasn't I, I think most of them are going for that well there was one i saw during trump's presidency that was like about a firefighter that saw that trump was going to win re-election with the power oh, of god yeah. i've heard about that one <laughs> it was just like it's called a, like the trump prophecy or something like yeah, that it was yeah. just the fireman prophecy Oh, is that it? Okay, yeah. Offensive on so many levels. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's like, I don't know, man. We gotta be more entertaining yeah. than those guys. I, I guess some of those movies, like, go hard on, like, 
no, you should be a Christian. <laughs> it can be pretty offensive, yeah. Anyways, thank you for listening. Have a good week. 